Hi, welcome to Cinema Scene on WGWG.org. And if you are listening to uh, the sound bites of this on C19 TV, we appreciate you listening to us there as well. Any way you choose to hang out and listen to us talk about movies, we do appreciate it every single week. Uh, we review films, we interview filmmakers, and uh, we just have a lot of fun right here on Cinema Scene. And very excited today uh, to have Justin Hurwitz uh, on the show. Uh, Justin uh, is a multi-award winner. Uh, man, I, I, I could go through the awards, Justin, but I'll just name a few. You've got Grammy Awards, you've got Oscars, you've got Golden Globes, you've got Critics' Choice Awards, you've got BAFTA Awards. Wow, uh, man, this is pretty good stuff here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, I think all of those are from La La Land, and um, that was, it was a fun, it was a fun year, and it was a fun ride, you know putting that movie out into the world. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and you've got um, a wide um, a wide berth of different types of films, and I want to talk a little bit about those uh, on the show today as well. But uh, let's go back to kind of your childhood before we dive into films like uh, La La Land and uh, First Man and Whiplash. Uh, but before we do that, I'd love to, to let people know a little bit about your background. And uh, I heard you uh, interviewed at one point you said really that that your love of music goes back to childhood uh, when you were uh, learning piano, and then even early on you started composing some of your own stuff. Give us a little background on that. Yeah, um, I started taking piano lessons when I was six. Um, so I was I was taking the normal kind of lessons, studying the the kind of music that uh, I think most kids um, who take piano lessons do, um, and then. Uh, when I was 10, my parents got me a, a synthesizer and this yeah. thing called a sequencer, yeah. which is a, uh, it, well, now a sequencer basically means, you know, uh, it's all in the computer. So it's like logic or, or a digital performer, one of those pieces of software. But back then it was a piece of equipment that took a floppy disk. And basically what a sequencer does is it lets you layer tracks on top of each other and build music by layering. So, um, they got me this, I think it was for a birthday present when I was 10, and um, and I just started make, composing music on the sequencer, and um, it was, uh, it, it, my first compositions were abs- absolutely made no sense. <laughs> um, in fact, I, I, I went back, I went back um, a couple of years ago, I was, I was, I was home, and I, um, I saw the sequencer was in my bedroom, so I brought it back to LA and I plugged it into. You have to plug it into a, a synthesizer because it 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 stores the information of the of the compositions, but it it doesn't have any sounds in it. It needs to play it back through a synthesizer. Right. So I plugged it into the synthesizer, and I was so excited to hear uh, what were my first compositions. Wow. Um, you know, would there be any any sign that I would be good at this? <laughs> so I, I played the first pieces. And they were complete gibberish. Like they made no sense, no sense whatsoever. There was absolutely no sign of any, any sort of melodic or harmonic sensibility. Like no sense of what notes even worked together, um, which was very disappointing. But um, but then I noticed, like over the course of the first year, and I had a, a couple of floppy disks, and each disk I think was about a year of work. And over the over the cor- course of the first year, it started to. I noticed, like, I started to get a sense of at least what notes worked together yeah. and what notes kind of followed followed each other in a logical way. So I, 
I saw a nice progression and it was, it was really interesting to see. So that was how I started composing. And, um, and I, I kept playing, I kept taking piano lessons through the end of high school. Right. Right. Um, and I think I had a sense that I wanted to go into music, but I knew that I shouldn't go into music as a pianist or as a performer in any way because I wasn't good enough at it and I wasn't passionate passionate enough about it. Right, and, right. And I, and I, I kind of always remembered back to those early days of composing how it was so much more um, addictive and kind of all-consuming than playing piano ever was. Right. Um, it, was it was the only thing I was doing where... Um, time would just disappear. Yeah. Um, and my, my parents would always have to kind of force me to practice the piano a little bit. But when I was composing, um, it was the hours would just kind of fly away and wow. my bedtime would come and go. And wow. I think that was, it was something that I remembered and it was a sign that maybe this is something that I was truly, truly passionate about and something that I should consider doing for the rest of my life. So I, I, I kind of realized that when I was at the end of high school going into college and that's why I studied composition in college and started thinking about, you know, for, for real about being a composer. Yeah, and, and that's uh, in college is when you met uh, Damien Giselle as well. Is that correct? Yeah, we met um, very quickly. We met the first week of freshman year of college and we, we started a band together with uh, three of our classmates and um, we played in that band for about a year and then sophomore year, well, we, we, first we became roommates sophomore year. We, we picked each other to, to room with right? Uh, yeah. starting sophomore year. And while we were living together, we, we just started talking more and more about film, less about the band, more about film. And um, he had wanted to um, be a film director since he was a little kid, and I was studying composition with, a, with kind of an intention to be a film composer. So right. we were already on that path, but we had been spending so much time talking about band stuff and we just started to focus more on film stuff and we both quit the band around the same time and and about it within a year we were actually working on our first film together wow wow now you you talk about a band now you mentioned piano are there other instruments that you play as well uh no really just the, the piano um i i um i well for first man actually i i got a theremin and i started messing around with that and ended up uh playing that on the score but i am i'm very far from being a uh you know a, a high level or professional level uh, uh player at that i mean there there's no instrument that i i play at like right. that high level but um but i grew up i grew up playing piano and you know did classical piano and then um yeah. you know messing around with with the theremin and the score was 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 really fun and uh I, I, it's a, it's an instrument that I, I, I guess I can sort of say I play now, but you know, I, I will never pretend to be a pro at, at any of these. Well, as you wanted to start composing and creating uh, scores and creating these compositions that use other instruments, you know, when you're composing yeah. for piano, it's different than composing for other instruments. So, how have you developed that yeah. and evolved that throughout the years? Yeah. Well orchestration became uh, uh, something that I really, really loved once I got into it. In college, we would orchestrate by hand on paper. Wow. Um, and and there was never an opportunity to hear any of it played. Right. Which is so, so weird um, that I was, I, I, I took a couple independent studies in orchestration and, and I would work with my professor and I would come in each week with, uh, 
with you know a handwritten orchestration, and we would talk about it. We talk about the textures and the voicings and other technique, technical things. But I, I never heard it until until Guy and Madeline on a Park Bench, which right. was the first movie Damien I made, and I, I so I orchestrated the score using software by that point, but still hadn't hadn't heard it until I went to Bratislava and. Um, we had one session with the Bratislava Symphony. Um, we raised just enough money for one session right. and had the, had to have all the songs and score played in this one four-hour session. And it was the first time I heard any of my orchestrations played. Wow! And it was so thrilling. Yeah. It's it's I'll never forget I'll never forget watching that session. Um, it was being conducted by somebody else, so I was in the booth watching it all be played, and I was. I was literally bouncing up and down on on my toes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was so excited. In fact, the, en- the, the engineers were laughing at me because they'd never seen so much. <laughs> I think just like energy yeah. um, from a from a composer. I was just like it was so exciting to, to hear the music finally played, and I learned so much. It was I made so many mistakes right. and continue to make mistakes yeah. every time I every time I orchestrate and, and get get my music in front of musicians, you know, I'm learning what works and what doesn't work. Right. And since that first score, you know, I've, I've definitely, uh, worked out some kinks and figured, figured out certain things not to do and certain things to do. Yeah. But, um, it's, it, there's nothing, there's nothing like it. There's, there's nothing that teaches you more. I think about how to write orchestral music than, than actually putting your music in front of musicians. So it's been a, it's been a really important part of the process each time. And, um, and, uh, so, so that was sort of over the course of these four movies, how I've, how I've learned to orchestrate was basically just by doing it and getting it played. And yeah. then, um, and then for first man, there were new instruments that we added. It was the first time that we ever used electronic instruments. So, right. um, I, I, I learned a little bit about modular synthesizers. So that, that I, I learned about just by watching YouTube videos Wow! and, yeah. and then get, getting my, getting a, a modular synth, a, a Moog, um, yeah. 3C, yeah. um, which I think actually Moog is based in North Carolina. Cause I, I, I talked to them and, and, um, and they've hooked me up with, with a bit of gear. So, um, I think, I think that's a North Carolina yeah. uh, place, but anyway, um, uh, getting this Moog 3C was awesome, uh, and and it was so fun learning. And again, beyond the YouTube tutorials, it was really just like you know using it was getting your hands on it and yeah. patching stuff. It's it's that it's that silo synth where you have to patch everything. You have to patch it all together with cables. Right. Um, so just like patching it together and making sounds and seeing what works and what doesn't work, that was you know really fun and really. Um, you know, a great process. And then other instruments like the theremin was really fun to start using. And other things that we did for the first time in the score that we hadn't done before were manipulating some of the orchestral recordings, um, figuring out ways to sort of, um, produce the sounds that we had recorded. So like, um, I started using this, a uh, couple pieces of equipment. Um, one of them was called a, a Leslie rotor cabinet, okay, um, okay. which is this wooden speaker box right. where the speaker spins around inside. Yeah. So all the all the strings all the strings in the score were put through that speaker wow. cabinet um, wow. to give it this sort of like wor- this sort of whirling swirling quality. Yes. Yes. Um, so that was that was a new piece of equipment that um, that was really fun to learn and. Um, and then there was some other stuff that we hadn't done before, like kind of design some musical sounds. We hadn't done that. So 
I got a bunch of scrap metal and recorded a bunch of ambiences inside pipes and stuff that I, I pitched and turned into instruments and, um, and, um, recorded, um, I used sheet metal and kind of wow. shook it to make this, um, this sort of, these sort of thunder noises, which yeah. is, it's, it's a very old school, almost like radio play technique, Yes, but, yes. um, but it was also, it, it made these sort of very tactile sounding thunder claps that I mixed in very, very subtly into some of the cues to give a sort of cosmic flavor. Yeah. Um, so these are all, these are all things that, um, you know, after doing three movies that were essentially just orchestrated right. or right. in the case of jazz, you know, arranged for instruments, it was, it was fun to bring in some new techniques, you know, some things that really relied more on the recording and engineering side of it um, for this score. Yeah, it sounds like you had a heck of a lot of fun with experimentation on the score for First Man. It, it was, it was, I mean, Damien said from the beginning, he said, I, I need you to learn some new things and try some new things out because this this this, this can't sound like what we've done. It has to have, it has to have you know some very new flavors in it. So, right. um, I was excited to start early with him and and use some of those early months um, during pre production just to sort of play around and learn some new things and experiment and. Um, I'm glad we sort of carved that time out because um, once we once we got picture, once we got to post production, then you just need to score the picture. And we couldn't. There were definitely you know new things we discovered at that point, but we wanted to get all, most of the discoveries out of the way so that we could just score the picture at that point. Um, so we looked at pre-production almost like building a toolkit. Okay. Um, figuring out figuring out the main themes, composing the main themes to the piano, and then building a toolkit of sounds and instruments and ideas so that we could hit the ground running once gotcha. um, Damien got back from Atlanta and once we got into the editing room and we're actually scoring the picture. Is that the way that Damien and you have worked throughout your films, or has it been different with each film? We always, we've always started during pre-production, um, at least with um, composing the themes because he likes to know what the themes are going into making the movie okay. and he likes to create mock-ups for certain scenes um, before he's made the movie um, like in this like in this movie he wanted some, some of the big sequences like the landing and the docking waltz and a few other sequences he wanted mock-ups for those before he shot the movie because he likes to storyboard to music um, he and the cinematographer like this sort of create storyboards and cut animatics together to music. Um, right. It helps Damien with his visualization, I think, and for his structuring of certain things. Um, and also just like, uh, you know, on an emotional level, he really likes to know what the themes are going to be. Um, that's just part of his process. Yeah. Um, but this, this score had new, certainly the, the playing around with sonics and, and finding a sound, finding in, new instruments, designing some, some musical sounds, all of that. Um, that was that was a new part of the process. Yeah, um, I would say it, it folded into a part that's always been there, which is the pre-production side of the music. The right. like, let's just create, you know, music early on to get us started. Um, but the um, we've never done because in the past we just knew it was going to be it was going to be orchestrated and put in front of an orchestra or a big band and recorded right. and mixed and that was it so this was the first one where we had to really kind of uh, play around and we didn't know what we were looking for at yeah. the time um, 
we just knew we, we needed to find flavors that got at some of the, the cosmic nature, the cosmic pain, the cosmic yearning that Damien was looking for in this movie. Yeah, it sounds like in many ways the, the process that you went for creating First Man um, merges with sound design to an extent. There, there's elements of, of that within that, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, there was mus- musical sound design, which is completely separate from the what you would really call the sound design of the movie, which is what, our, you know, the Ling Lee and the Mason Sound Department did in terms of creating all the incredible noises in the movie, from right. the rocket sounds yeah. to, the, to the, the, the suit noises and all of that. Yeah. But um, there, was, there was definitely a, an element, um, which I enjoyed, of, of, of yes, crafting musical sounds and a few musical instruments that then I sampled and used um, used as, as kind of instruments, like creating some sounds, um, sampling them, um, uh, mapping them over a keyboard, and then being able to play them as, as instruments in the cues. That was, um, that was part of the process for me as well, which was, um, which was really fun. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's, it, it shares certain similarities with sound design. Yeah. What would you say is the biggest joy that you have had so far uh, in the creation of um, these these incredible uh, soundtracks and these scores that have that have helped paint pictures of films like First Man and La La Land uh, yeah. and Whiplash and others? What's been the greatest joy for you so far? I would say on a project-by-project project basis, the most exciting part is probably getting getting in front of the orchestra and yeah. working with the orchestra because you've had all this music it's been in your head or it's been you know kind of mocked up with with digital representations of the, of the instruments but it's nothing even close to what it is when these incredible musicians play it and they bring so much humanity to it and they bring so much that you never could have imagined because they're really bringing their whole lives and their right. whole personalities to it and yeah. and they're doing that times you know, like for First Man, there was a 94-piece orchestra. So wow. it, that is happening times 94 because every single one of those musicians is bringing a life experience and a, a sensibility of their own and a and their own emotional world to their parts. Yeah. And so the, the, Engl- the English horn part and the, 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 the viola part and every single part is being infused with this, 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 this life. And um, and it just brings the music, it, it it elevates the music and it gives the music a, a, a an emotionality that you never could have imagined. Um, so that's always very thrilling. Yeah. And then I, I would say the overall most satisfying part of the whole you know career is is seeing the way that the music connects with people. Yes. Um, which I've seen, you know, probably more with La La Land uh, than with anything else. Just the way that I've seen so many covers of songs that people have made. I've seen kids playing the music at their recitals. (laughs) Yeah. I've seen... um, It's just like... uh, We do do concerts sometimes with La La Land music, and uh, sometimes it's the first time that... Uh, a lot of families come to concerts, and sometimes it's the first time that kids are being introduced to an orchestra. Yes, um, or seen seen an orchestra live. Yeah, and it's just it's 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 been a way of like it's it's 
seeing what the music means to people and and this has happened on every on every score but um it's it's been particularly meaningful um seeing the connection people have with with the lawland La La music yeah. um it's it's the it's the reason we do what we do it's the reason we make these movies it's the reason i compose music is to um is to is to um is to give something that people can can you know like feel something yeah. from and 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 connect to so. absolutely yeah well it's like you know it's like you raise a kid and you send a kid out in the world and you hope that it does well and hope that it 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 connects and finds something and and with with what you've done with music you see that that happens and for you when you have that orchestra doing it that's one thing but then when it's on film and it's able to reach even more a uh, much more wider yeah. audience uh, that connection really does come back to you so uh, Justin I, I know that we're we're out of time but I really appreciate uh, you taking the time to be with us today Justin Hurwitz uh, the uh, film composer for films like uh, La La Land uh, First Man, uh, Guy and Madeline, and uh, and also others like Whiplash. We really appreciate you spending your time with us today, and I uh, just want to give you a chance to give any uh, final comments to uh, to those that may be wanting to pursue the arts, whether it's filmmaking or something else. We uh, we love to give our guests kind of that that uh, final word. Yeah, I mean, for anybody who may want to go into the arts or any anything, um, you know, I, I would say if it's just about passion. If, if you love doing it, um, if it's something you would do for free, if it's something you do as a hobby, even if you weren't getting paid for, it, I think that's, that's a great sign. Um, I would say something my parents told me is don't think about making money from it. Just do it. If you love it, just do it as much as you, as you can, and as much as you really want to, and everything else will sort of sort itself out. So I think that's, that's a lesson I learned is, is just, um, spend your time doing what, you really really love and and that's all you need to worry about well justin thanks for sharing your time today thanks for sharing your music with us as well i look forward to, to what's next uh, around the bend for you and uh, just and much success uh, for thank you, you. And your thanks, career Noel. um great talking with you until next time i'm noel t manning the second for wg wg and for cinema scene right here on c19 tv as well Till next time that's a wrap